0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to High Low with Emrata. It's Thursday, which means today's episode is an Emrata asks. That is the solo episode um, where I pose a question or come up with a topic and we do a deep dive on it. On Tuesdays, I have the interviews. This week we had Ireland Baldwin. Last week we had Megan Trainer, and they inspired me actually for this episode today. So let's get into it Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. Okay, so the two last episodes coincidentally we had were with two pregnant ladies, Ireland Baldwin and Megan Traynor. and it's also Mother's Day on Sunday, so I've been thinking a lot about pregnancy in general. It's actually one of the topics that I just get asked about the most, and it's come up on the podcast, and I think, you know, I want to preface this by saying that I think think that a lot of pregnancies are just so specific and different. My friend actually just had a baby girl last week. This is her second. She's a part of my mom group, which we will also talk about today because we talked about mom groups with Megan Trainer. And she had a really rough birth her first time. Um, we actually have the same doctor, but her experience was really traumatizing and just terrible. And luckily she had a much better experience with a second because she had a duel with her. She switched up her doctor and she really knew how to advocate for herself. But pregnancy and birth are just really, I wrote about it in an essay for Vogue. It can be a really lonely experience because even if you have a supportive partner, my ex came with me to doctor's appointments and was really kind of around for my pregnancy. Um, It's just something you're going through alone and you have to learn to listen to your body and you psych yourself out a lot because, you know, you're so worried about protecting your baby and yourself and every experience, every little feeling you get, you're wondering, is that normal? Is it not? And the truth is, is there's things that are very typical and then there are things that are totally fine and safe, but are less typical and you need to watch out for them. And it's just this huge responsibility on you to kind of monitor yourself and can be really scary. And um, yeah, it's just something inherently you do alone. You experience within yourself it's kind of like with all all things with your body it's like getting your period or having a toothache it's like you're trying to describe these things to other people so they can help you but it's lonely and you do feel this incredible responsibility that you've never had before maybe you have it if you're it's not a first time mom but for me um you know first time pregnancy was definitely the feeling i had so we're going to get into it we'll talk a little bit about so the things that came up with Megan and Ireland, and even a little bit around the stuff that Sarah experienced and things I know about pregnancy and birth, we'll, we'll really focus on pregnancy. And then I'm just going to kind of tell you a lot about my pregnancy. So let's get into it. So Megan Trainer just wrote a. Book and about pregnancy. And she was talking about her first pregnancy versus her second. And she talked about some of the challenges she faced with trying to conceive. She kept it very, she keeps it very honest in general. Megan is not one to shy away. She talked about sex with pregnancy, about sex in general. And she's very, very brutally honest, which, you know, I said to her on the podcast, I think is just so important because. I did not. I felt pretty informed. I felt like I did a lot of research. I had a lot of friends who were either getting pregnant around the same time as me or had been pregnant and weren't ones to shy away from the experience. Um, But it still felt like there were a lot of surprises for me. Ireland was talking a lot about her experience with pregnancy and just the mental and emotional challenges around it, which, you know, I think is a lot of, Conversations have happened in the last couple of years around postpartum, but I think that pregnancy can also be a tough time because your body is going through so many changes. And, you know, she was talking about shaving her head right before she got pregnant and how much that has impacted the way she feels about herself. And that was true for me too, um, because you have even before you start showing, and maybe the world notices things start changing. You can feel, you know, you can you feel bloated even if you don't necessarily look bloated. Um, for me, like my breasts felt so heavy; it wasn't even, you know. I look back, I'm like, oh my god, my boobs look so good, but at the time, it didn't feel sexy. I felt really exhausted, and I didn't like the way I looked. I'd also just colored my hair blonde, and there was a moment where I was like, I have to. I have to change my hair back to brown because I just don't recognize the person in the mirror because I was, you know, early stages of pregnancy and blonde. And I was just like, there's too many things happening and I'm losing a sense of identity. And Ireland was also talking about femininity and wanting to feel kind of like maternal and goddessy with her hair. And I think there's so much um, pressure around women to kind of have this like fertility goddess vibe when you just don't always look like that. And it's one of the negative parts of social media and how we share pregnancy. People all the time come up to me and are like, oh my God, I love your pregnancy pictures. My friend Ronell, who's an amazing photographer, came over when I was, I think like 37 weeks. So pregnancy, I think I I my water broke and so I came at 39 weeks. He came a little bit early, but usually it's about 40 weeks long. And I was so pregnant and I didn't wanna do the pictures because I didn't feel beautiful. I just felt like I was this big ball with like limbs sticking out of it. Um, and then, you know, everyone saw these pictures because A, Renell's an amazing photographer and she's also my friend who made me feel really beautiful and everything. And everyone was like, oh my God, you look so beautiful pregnant. And it was like, girl, I did not feel like that. Um, so, you know, you see these images of like women looking super powerful, super beautiful. And it's just like, you don't always feel that way. And I think it's really important even like with Rihanna and I love how she dresses and she puts herself out there with her pregnancy. You also have to remember that like, she's also probably really tired sometimes and like probably isn't totally feeling herself. And, you know, um, it's okay. I think that there's just so much pressure um, on women in general to just kind of fall into this maternal goddess fertility role and, it just doesn't always happen, and there were days where I did feel like that. I think I kept posted a picture of myself, and I was like, sometimes I feel like this like fertility goddess with a juicy gut butt, and then other times I feel like Winnie the Pooh, and it just totally depended. I mean, like I was living in a um, apartment that was a walk up, so I would be out of breath by the time I reached the stairs. I would feel like I was like suffocating. I you know couldn't see down there anymore cuz my stomach was so big everything was stretched out slide would kick all the time which i absolutely loved but you know it was intense um my friends actually surprised me with a baby shower when i was maybe around the same time i took those photos 37 weeks 36 and i remember they came over with they were so cute they came over in the morning with balloons and like outfits for me to put on and i um like different options so we like did a little they had whatever treats and stuff. And I got dressed. It was a total surprise. The whole thing was so, so beautiful. Um, and they had this like Versace dress for me that they had gotten through my stylist. And I put that on and I was wearing heels, which I was pregnant during COVID. So I really got away with just being comfy and being mellow. I was also finishing working on my book. So I just had this really kind of nice bubble where i was barely shooting i i shot my pregnancy announcement for vogue which was a really special moment and then i shot you know pregnancy photos but i wasn't like modeling and working that much because things were slow in general plus i was pregnant so i was just like writing and wearing sneakers and sweatpants and it was honestly really nice but anyway my friends came over surprised me got me dressed blindfolded me. So I didn't see where we were going. It was terrifying to be a giant pregnant woman and heels walking up to a place blindfolded. I was like, this is the ultimate trust with my friends. And, um, we got upstairs and there was this absolutely amazing setup on the top of this hotel with like 10 of my closest friends. And they had decorated this whole place with, um, size last name is Bear. His, um, dad's mom's name is Bear. They are. So we, um, knew we were going to give him that. And so there were all these like bear rata um, things. And like my friend's husband, who's an artist, had done these drawings and made stickers and sweatshirts. And it was just so beautiful and really lucky. Um, Ireland had her baby shower at a strip club. So there's no way to do it. And honestly, I just knew I didn't want that kind of traditional baby shower at all. And I've been to some baby showers that are really traditional and really fun, but this was just perfect for me and you know it was COVID, so it was nice that it was really mellow. Let's talk a little bit about some more of the things that came up with Megan and Ireland as well. So um another thing she brought up was just finding a community online with either TikToks or YouTube and developing these relationships if you don't have people in your life who are pregnant. I ended up kind of building out a group of friends who got pregnant around the same time. Again, it was COVID. So I felt like a lot of people I knew, I know the birth rate dropped in general during COVID, but for some reason in my social circles and maybe new york city whatever because of economic socioeconomic reasons i felt like everyone i knew was pregnant i mean there was a time where I just felt like there were a lot of people i think there were a lot of celebrities who got pregnant during covid as well and so i became closer with a lot of these women and i have to tell you just the things that come up with pregnancy are so bizarre and specific i think i wrote about this in the book but or no actually it was a part of the pregnancy announcement that I did with Vogue. I, Lena Dunham produced a video for my pregnancy announcement which was really really special. It's on YouTube if you haven't seen it, check it out. It was it just captures a moment in time of my life that I'm so grateful to have when I was just I was probably 20 weeks, so maybe halfway pregnant when we announced and it was just a really special time for me. But uh anyway, check that out. But I talked about how one of the like weird symptoms that i experienced that not everyone experiences again in the first trimester was producing like tons of saliva so it kind of was i mean this is gross so sorry if you're listening but trigger warning or whatever i just felt like kind of that feeling right before you're going to throw up i didn't get crazy nausea like a lot of people but i just had tons of saliva and that is a pregnancy symptom so having you know, the internet obviously is a resource. I watched a ton of YouTubes about birth. I highly recommend that if you're pregnant and you're first time and you're wondering about um, the experience of birth and trying to decide where to do it. I really recommend watching a ton of these vlogs on YouTube because you just get a sense of what it's like to be in the hospital, whatever. I feel like there was just so much mystery around it for me and being able to go on these journeys with these people either at home or in the hospital really helped me um, make a decision about where I wanted to give birth. But also just, yeah, having those, you know, the resources, of the internet, it, it makes you feel more connected. And honestly, sometimes it's like, oh my God, people have it so much worse, which is really nice as a kind of counter to the, oh my God, everybody's a fertility goddess and happy and perfect and like eating mango on a beach and, you know, frolicking with their four other children looking perfect. So, you know, I think using the internet as a resource because again, it's a lonely situation or even, you know, like getting a book like Megan's or watching her, uh, TikToks about pregnancy can be really nice. So I highly recommend using that as a resource. Okay. Let's see what else we covered with Megan. Oh, just the mom group, just to circle back, cause Megan was talking about her kind of super famous mom group of Hilary Duff, Manny Moore, Asha Tisdale. My mom group is, has continued to be a wonderful resource of, you know, just now we're talking about preschool and, but we also have been able to be like, Hey, has anybody ever had this thing with teeth? Or, you know, I noticed this bump on slides, whatever. Is this normal sending pictures and everyone just being able to, to use other people as a resource. It's really nice. And I have to say that I I'm really grateful for that. But if you don't have that kind of accessibility, there are online resources to have those kind of parasocial relationships that can really be helpful. I know I've talked a little bit about my pregnancy, but I'm really going to get into it now. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for more High Low with Emrata. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. Okay, obvious PSA here. I am not a doctor and not in the business of offering serious medical advice. So I'm just going to speak on my own experience with pregnancy. And, you know, want to just say, disclaimer, your experience will probably be very, very different. I found out I was pregnant. It was kind of a surprise. I wasn't on birth control, but... I did not expect to be pregnant. And I actually told my ex like, there's no way I'm pregnant. I was feeling really crazy. I was like, this is a crazy period. I'm so tired. My boobs are so big. And then I think I was like two days late and he was like, do you think you could be pregnant? And I said, absolutely not. I didn't even wait with the test in the bathroom um, because I was just so sure that it was going to come back negative. And so he waited with it and then he came out of the bathroom and was like, holy shit. And um, I was just really happy. I think, you know, I was married and it was COVID. And even though I was never somebody who was like, I actually always talked about having kids later in life. I wanted to have them in my late thirties. It felt just totally natural and right to me. And so I was really kind of happy, but it was really funny. The first thing we did was call like every doctor we could um and try to set up an appointment right away and they were like you're not even going to we're not going to even have a heartbeat yet like you're you need to wait a couple of weeks which felt really weird because for me it felt like the first thing you do when you you get pregnant is go and see a doctor which i think was in general a larger experience for me with pregnancy is that you know yes there is medical support is super super important but it is an industry and obviously for people of color, that is an industry that does not typically serve them. I think that the Sarah Hoover episode, we really talked about the medical industrial complex and just how crazy in this, you know, age of the internet it is to still really get information about what it's like to be pregnant and um, how to protect yourself, particularly if you're a woman of color. The death rate of black mothers is terrifying. It's. Really scary, and I would also just say that in general, you know, this is something that we've been doing since the beginning of time. Before there was tons of technology, before you know, we had all these kinds of rules of how you do things. And I was amazed, even with some of the doctors I talked to, how much it was like, well, yeah, you come in and you check, we check up on you, but you know, ultimately, like your body is just in charge, and your body's growing the baby, and if something goes wrong, we'll do our best. But, you know, I guess this also contributes a little bit to the loneliness thing. It's just like, you're on your own, you know, your body is in charge and you are going to take lots of tests and, you know, see if there's complications and whatever. But in general, it's just like, it's the most natural thing in the world, which is kind of intense. So I'm just going to answer some of your questions to sort of guide this second part. So people asked, did I feel like people treated... Me differently when I was pregnant. I have to say, again, because of COVID, it was really specific time and I just wasn't seeing that many people. I was with my close friends. I, you know, was in New York. I would I would say that, you know, like my mom talked about, I was born in London and she was pregnant with me in London, how people were so polite on the subway, they'd get up, blah, blah, blah. I was a little bit surprised sometimes how just like whatever people's reaction were to me. I was like, hello, I'm pregnant. Um, You should be like treating me like I'm a queen. And I feel like that didn't totally happen. Somebody asked, what is it, it? Was it tough to find the right doctors? Absolutely. So I actually went through a ton of doctors. I was really conflicted about whether to do a home birth or go to a hospital. I just did a ton of research about hospital births and you know, asked a lot of women I knew who had given birth um, in both scenarios. And I felt a little afraid of a few things. Um, You know, there's basically a clock when you get to the hospital of how long they want you in there. And... I really recommend the documentary, The Business of Being Born. I watched that early on and it made me feel pretty strongly about having a home birth or at least just being wary of hospitals. And... Um, The drug that they give you to induce, which they often give really early and can have a lot of side effects that scared me. Of course, it's also a wonderful thing if your water breaks and you don't naturally go into labor. They often have to do that for the safety of the baby. But I think on my floor, when I was in the hospital, I was the only person who hadn't been given that drug. It basically kickstarts your labor. So it makes the contractions get more intense and whatever. And um, I was really nervous of being just subjected to that. I wasn't f- afraid of the epidural. I felt sort of okay about that and potentially having pain relief because you know, I knew how exhausting birth was and that it's, you know, kind of a a marathon not a sprint. So that was really important to me. But yeah, so I had one doctor and then I went to LA for a big portion of my pregnancy. And uh, it was in my second trimester and you don't really need to do as many check-ins. So I did one, that was when I did the gestational diabetes test. And that was just with a random doctor, which luckily I did not have. If you want to hear more about gestational diabetes, Megan Trainer did have that in her first pregnancy. And she's talked a lot about that in general on the podcast, but also on TikTok and everywhere else. On her podcast as well. And then when I came back, I was like, shit, I need to find a doctor. And at that point, I had still been talking to midwives and I just didn't feel totally confident in the conversations I had with midwives. I interviewed, I think, maybe five. It just didn't make me feel totally safe with the concept of a home birth. There were just a few, I don't know, it's just my gut reaction. And the main advice I have for pregnancy in general and for birth as a mother is you have to feel safe and you have to feel comfortable. So it doesn't matter if that doctor is the best doctor in the world, all your friends love them, or, you know, you have the culture of whatever is home births that you're surrounded by. If you don't feel comfortable, your body's not going to feel comfortable. I've talked about this before. Pregnancy and birth is a lot like sex. You have to completely relax. Your brain waves have to slow down in order for your body to basically feel safe enough to do what it needs to do. Um, I finally found a great doctor and um, Sly was born at Well Cornell um, early in the morning. It was a gorgeous experience. I talked about his birth on a podcast episode a few back. I think it was in the beginning of March around his second birthday. So listen to that for more on my birth story. What books or blogs did you read to prepare? The only book I kind of, I really lived by is Emily Oster's um, expecting better. I feel like she just takes all the data that's out there and breaks down these studies in a very sophisticated way and kind of like gives you the information to make choices. She doesn't tell you what to do, but even the stuff around sushi and fish, there was a diagram in there about the mercury levels of all different kinds of fish. And um, I had a picture of that saved in my phone and I would look at it all the time if I went out to eat. Stuff about caffeine, stuff about alcohol, just so much information. Um, I really recommend expecting better. It just also made me feel so relaxed. Um, I felt like in control and like I had the information I needed, which I loved were you more emotional than usual? I actually don't think I was more and more emotional. Definitely postpartum was a journey for me emotionally. Um, I would say I was really kind of in a hibernation mode when I was pregnant and I was really tired for the first trimester, um, which kind of made me a little bit more like sensitive. And yeah, there were moments, you know, especially as I got bigger where my journey was kind of accepting my body and, worrying about what my body was that, you know, just realizing that my body was never going to be the same post-pregnancy. That was, that was difficult for me. Self-care rituals. I used a ton of oil and lotion on my body. I was kind of addicted to it. I loved shea butter. Actually, Gigi Hadid sent me this gorgeous package of just like amazing stuff. Like, great socks for um little booties for baby boy and this um, incredible concoction she made herself that was like a body butter and I used it throughout my whole pregnancy and I've told her a million times she should bottle it and make it and produce it because it was so good and I think it helped me from prevented stretch marks and everything but it also just was a really nice thing I would take a bath it would just helped me kind of calm down and then, you know, spend that time to put the stuff all over my body. And it really helped. How did you come up with the name Sly? I had a hard time with boys' names. I really just couldn't find one that I didn't, that I didn't know somebody who was that name or have an association with a name. And I loved, I love Sly and the Family Stone and I felt like Sylvester is the kind of name that's sort of been forgotten and the associations we have of like Sylvester the Cat, Sylvester Stallone, it just just felt like it was going to be really unique for him without it being a made-up name, which was important to me. And in some ways, it's a classic name that's just kind of been overlooked and I feel like needed to be reborn. And I love Sly. I just think it's a cool name. And I, again, played Sly in the family stone for him on the day he was born. I did not consider a gender reveal. I basically, you know got a lot of heat for an article I wrote in Vogue around my announcement where they kind of twisted my words and saying that I was never going to, you know, talk about Sly as a boy or girl, which is not true. But, you know, I definitely really believe in gender neutrality. And with Sly in particular, I've made an effort of kind of introducing him to things that are both that are typically associated with both genders. It brought up a lot of things for me finding out his gender and realizing, you know, the the things that I associated with gender that and that's what that essay in Vogue was about was really like my ex and I kind of grappling with our associations around gender and our own identities with gender and kind of what it meant to be told we were having a little boy and the feelings it brought up but um yeah, I was, that was an interesting experience for me, but that was really all that essay was about. We are running out of time. So I'm just going to give a few more. What was it like to feel the baby kick? It's, I'm sorry, one of the most amazing experiences ever. I was kind of addicted to it. I miss it. Um, which I think a a lot of people say, you know, it's also, you can look at it two ways. Sometimes it feels like there's an alien inside you who's possessed your body and taken over and is like using you as a host. And then there's other moments where you're like, oh my God, I mean, this connection I felt with Sly, even when he was in my body, like I felt like I had already knew him. Of course, meeting him on the day he was born was a really special moment, but I just, those kicks were also a part of me feeling connected to him. And I absolutely love them. I watch the videos of him kicking sometimes still of my belly kind of moving. What do you wish you knew before getting pregnant that no one ever told you? I wish that people had told me that every pregnancy is so different and that, you know, you can do as much research and preparation as you want. And I found all of it to be very, very helpful. So I'm saying you should do it, but you still are not going to be totally prepared for what is to come. So that is sort of my message I'm going to leave you guys with. I feel like Every day, Sly is a new person and there's new challenges and new amazing things about it as well. So I'd love to also hear your thoughts about that. If you have more questions, please submit them to hilo.fm. We'll do some questions for the talkback around this. Please subscribe to the talkback episode where I answer your questions and respond to your comments and play your audio notes. I love that episode. It's really nice to be in conversation with all of you. So if you want to hear what you're missing, use the free trial feature on Apple Podcasts to check it out. I want to hear about your experiences with your pregnancy and any questions you have, again, go to Hilo.fn. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to join in on the conversation on social media using the hashtag Hilo. Thanks so much. We will see you all next week. Sony Music Entertainment, and Bitch Era Media Production. Our executive producers are me, Emily Radikowski, Matt Raz, and Sarita Wesley. Our showrunner is Matt Raz. Our associate producer is Rachel Choder. Today's episode was engineered by Samantha Gatsik with original music by The Crystal Farrow.